Welcome back, Alice. I guess we're saying welcome back because we haven't podcasted in a while, so... We have not. We're calling this season two. <laughs> yeah, and um, we're starting... Well, Kelly, you you questioned whether we should rebrand for season two, <laughs> and it was implied by some friends that we we had to have a brand to rebrand, which I think is inaccurate. But uh, well, I think yes, I think that's true. But also, I kind of like our original brand, and I was unsure how it could be improved. And then we basically just settled on the idea. Well, your idea that we needed a fort. <laughs> It's a blanket fort. It's pretty glossy. Because um, our one attempt to improve, or our first attempt to improve sound quality just completely failed. We bought a microphone. Yeah. <laughs> the one time we used it, the sound quality was atrocious. So this it was actually worse than originally. <laughs> so. <laughs> so this is um, attempt number two, the blanket fort edition, or pod fort, as yeah. Kelly so aptly named it. Um, so yeah, we're back at it. Yeah. And... But the wine, the snark, the pop culture remains the same. Right. <laughs> so welcome to season two and get excited. <laughs> yeah. Um, and so today we're planning, I don't know what I'm saying today. It's also, <laughs> it's also 10.30 on a Saturday night and we're hanging out oh, in a pop. Bar. Make us seem cooler than that. Part of the rebranding is that we're cool now. <laughs> oh, oh my God, we're cool now. Yeah. I've only been waiting for that for 28 years. <laughs> we're doing it. <laughs> <laughs> Rebranding. Why didn't I think of this before? Yeah. Um, okay. Um, yeah. But tonight we're we're planning to talk about the short story "Cat Person" by. Oh shoot! I'm gonna butcher her name. Um, Kristen Ropanian. Ropanian. Sorry, we can't say your last name, but it was a short story. Short story originally published like maybe back in December ish in the New Yorker. Yeah, and it was. It created, like, a huge buzz. It really resonated with a lot of female readers. Yeah. It definitely resonated with me. It got people talking. It, that was a lot of buzz. <laughs> it went viral, as the kids say. Yeah, now she has, like, a million-dollar uh, book deal. Yeah. So should we begin by just kind of, like, summarizing? Yeah, I think that's a good call. Okay. You want to you wanna I'll, I'll like I'll take it off and you interrupt if I forget things. Yeah, because we both know that if I did it, it would be, like, way too detailed. I was, I was just like, I'm just going to re-skim it just to refresh myself. 45 minutes later, she's still reading. Um, uh, yeah, okay, so to sum up Cat Person, so it is fictional, which is important to know, um, but it sort of has the feel of a non-fictional, like, personal essay in a way. Um, so it just kind of starts off, it's this young uh, college girl who's like around 20 years old and she meets this kind of older dude, she's not really specifically sure how old he is, um, who she works at a movie theater and he like starts coming into the movie theater um, and they kind of start flirting, he asks for her number. So they basically like develop this relationship via text message where um, like, she talks kind of a lot about how, like, she kind of has to keep the conversation going and she thinks it might die a few times, um, because it's like if she's not funny or witty enough or, like, says something he doesn't seem to like. Or if she waits too long in between, yeah, then, he'll get huffy. Yeah, he'll give, like, one-word answers and then she has to, like, start the conversation again. And, um, so, like, it basically culminates with them, like, like, hanging out a few times. Um, they go on this, like, big, uh real date, um, so to speak, where they, like, go to the movies, um, and he's, like, yeah, like, he's, like, somewhat weird and salty about the movie choice, um, 
And then they, like, go to a, a bar together, and she kind of, like, drinks. And then they end up going back to his place. Um, and she just basically, like, decides that she's actually not into it. <laughs> um, doesn't. Like, I think at one point she's into it in part because, like, uh, she wasn't into it for most of the date. But then they go to a bar, and the more she's drinking, the more she's like, oh, well, maybe this will work. Right. And, like, I liked him so much kind of, like, via text message. Like, we have this whole thing. Yeah. And so she ends up going back to his house. And then, like, that's when it just starts to kind of feel weird. Like, he has, like, cats. And, um... <laughs> It just, like, it, it, I think it just kind of sinks in for her. There's, like, this older dude, and it's, like, this kind of weird scenario. And um, so, basically, they end up having sex, but the whole time, like, she's having this internal monologue about how she doesn't want to do it. She hates it. She wants it to stop. And he, like, says all this kind of weird, like, he, Shit. Yeah. he like, thinks he's, like, dirty talking to her, but it's, like, just uncomfortable. And... Um, so, like, and they, like, watch a movie, he, like, goes through this whole monologue about how, like, how much he likes her and, like, how worried he was that she was gonna, like, date someone else or something while she was home on spring break. It's, like, this whole weird soliloquy where he just, like, I don't try, it, it should be endearing, but it's, like, not, because it's, like, you're mine now. Yeah, it's kind of, like, <laughs> branding her as his own. Yeah, and so, like, she leaves, and the next day she's, like, what the fuck? Like, she just kind of hopes that, like, she never hears from him again, and then she, he texts her, and it's weird. She doesn't really know what to say, and then, like, it kind of culminates in, like, a friend, like, kind of, like, intercedes and basically, like, takes her phone and, like, texts him and is, like, please don't contact me again, and he's, like, just sort of weird about it, and, um... Like, a, a, a little bit of time goes by, maybe a couple weeks. Yeah, right? and she sees him out at a bar and, like, tries to pretend, like, she doesn't see him, like, she doesn't really want to interact with him yeah. or talk to him, and then, like, he, like, starts texting her and is, like, who is that guy you were, you were with at the bar? Like, is that your boyfriend? Yeah. Like, are you having sex with him right now? And then he just, like, does the, like serial killer multiple texts in a row where he's like are you are you are you fucking him right now or yeah like and then like it all ends with like the last of several text messages he sends is um just just it all it says is whore yeah so um that's the end of the short story that's cat person that's cat person um so if you haven't read it you should check it out it's like it's a short story so it's not a super long read <laughs> feel like it's implied <laughs> in the title. Um, <laughs> you can skim it in the time it takes Kelly to build a pod fort. And yes. I know that because this fort that we are enjoying right now is all yes. of her labor. Because I spent the whole time just looking on my phone. Mm -hmm. Sorry, Kelly. <laughs> no worries. Um, yeah, so like initial reaction when you first read it. Um, when I first read it, it hit really close to home in a way that I think for a lot of women did. I really think it brings up some uh, interesting and important conversations around consent and conversations that like often don't happen around consent. But for me, actually, the most striking parts of it uh, was just about dating in general. Yeah. Um, so the main character's name is Margot. And like I think one of the parts I like about the story is like even though you identify with her, you also recognize that she's not going about dating in the best way. There are parts of that that I really identified with as well. Maybe she's like a college girl. She's like a college <laughs> girl, but I liked that it showed her like flawed right. and like dealing with dating. There were parts of it that like really made me like 
feel anxious or yeah. like I wanted to throw up in a way where you're just like I've I've had this interaction before. Which one? Um, like at the very beginning, like the first few paragraphs, she's working at the movie theater mm-hmm. and she um talks about like he first comes in and he buys red vines and she like makes fun of him and is like I never saw these steady ones and he's like kind of salty about it like she's being rude and then um like the next time he comes in I can't remember what their exact interaction is but he basically says something to her like good to see you've learned not to insult your customers yeah. or something and he it, keeps referring to her ugh. as like movie counter girl yeah. even though he knows her name just that whole like just like being like like good to see you've like learned some manners like it just makes me like especially when he's like 15 years older it's so like condescending like she's just politely trying to like interact with you as a customer and you took it so deeply person like how insecure do you have to be that like she makes a joke about your like movie candy selection and you're like habitually salty about it yeah. <laughs> like and then like she even tries to like continue to turn it into a joke though in a way that like i think that's what really drove home for me like or hit home for me was the sort of interactions that they had where like he continually kind of was putting her down or trying to make her seem small or not as smart as he was like he was comfortable when she was the underdog he was comfortable when she wasn't as smart she wasn't as funny when he was on top and the second it was implied that anything was wrong with him or the joke was at his expense at all or like it seemed like she had a brain at all then all of a sudden he wasn't okay yeah i think and the two times that he's supposedly sweet and it's kind of a creepy brand of sweet it's like both times when she's like vulnerable to the point of tears like one because she's like really stressed out about um like an exam and that's when he creepily kisses her on the forehead never a kiss on the forehead never a kiss on the forehead um and then there's another time when she gets carted she's 20 and she gets carted and not let into a bar and like at that point when she breaks in first he like makes her feel bad about being 20 but then when she like breaks into tears he's like oh sweetheart it's okay yeah and it's like run for the hills no <laughs> i think yeah so much no i feel so much i want to like sit her down as a young girl and be like and i don't know everything about dating i frankly suck at dating but there are a couple lessons that i want to sit her down and be like one like do not spend this much time texting with someone it builds a false sense of connection like best case scenario maybe like you do get to know this person through texting but then when you're in person with them you don't feel like you have anything to talk about because you already know everything about them so like just don't do it there's no good scenario there two when someone shows you who they are you know, at any point, believe them. (laughs) Like, he's an ass, he's a jackass. And one of the things that really bothers me is just, like, how emotionally fragile he is. Right. But, I mean, it's very... We're socialized as women to be people pleasers. Like, we're socialized, like, make the other person comfortable, make the other person feel good about themselves. So it's also a dynamic that you're like, I've done this with people before. Like, that's what we're taught to do. He feels bad about himself, you make him feel better, and you continue the conversation. Like, it's so easy to see how, especially as a younger woman, you would fall into that pattern. But I think it's also, like, in my limited, like, bumble dating life, like, that is how a lot of those interactions go and part of that is like if you use bumble the girl has to start the conversation oh so like God, that's part hate that's that. part of the problem but if you then if you don't if you use like tinder or something then you just get creeps yeah but like 
like part of that is that then like every conversation is just like you ask a question and they just answer it and like they don't like what do you do for work oh i work in tech and that's like they don't ask you what you do they're not like yeah. you know and, like and then you kind of feel like you have to you're obligated to be in charge of the conversation yeah like, you're <laughs> obligated to do it and sometimes every once in a while there's like a defensive or competitive part of me that's like no i'm great learn right. that i'm great and right. ask me questions you feel... and i just have to like prove it to you first right you feel <laughs> it's like a dynamic where you feel like you have to prove to them that you're worth, worth it. their exactly right that that's you're exactly worth their time like they come at it with an attitude of like entertain me like yeah. prove to me that you're a girl that's worth talking to and you're like but why yeah. <laughs> like why do i have to be it should be not that they should have to do it either but like it should be a mutual and she talks about that in the short story like she has to keep the conversations going if she doesn't respond right away and he gets mad she has to be the one that continues things and totally she has to kind of make all of the maneuvers and you know keep the relationship going um in a way that felt really and always make sure that he's feeling okay um the other lesson i would give her is and i talked about this a little bit earlier but like uh they went to a bar uh, like on that like their one date they it wasn't going that well and then they went to a bar and had a drink and then suddenly things went really well and i've been on dates i've been lucky i've only ever had one truly atrocious date but like i have had nights where like the first half hour is really painfully awkward and then i'll have like a drink or two and then all of a sudden I'm there for like two hours it becomes like two dates and I'm like oh that was so much fun and I expect the next date to like live up to that first date and it never does because it's ultimately had more to do about the alcohol as like a social lubricant than anything else and I like would that's the other like lesson that I was like ooh Rookie mistake, girl. Rookie mistake. All right. Not to say that you can't have a drink on a date, but, like, if you only like them when you're drinking, probably not the solid foundation for a relationship that you want. Right. Well, and I think that's... Yeah, I mean, that's hard because, like, drinking is such a part of, like, socializing and being... Yeah. Interacting with other people. Um, So it's, like, really hard to separate those two things. The other piece of that is... You know, I mean, that's something that in, in a, is in our larger dialogue about consent and what it means to say yes to somebody and what it means to say no to somebody. If you have been drinking, you know, like, where is that line? Like, yeah. where are you still making coherent decisions and when are you not? That's a really difficult situation, but I think that it's important that the author included that piece in there, um, you know. No. Actually, do you want to, like, dive into that bigger conversation around consent, or do you have more that you want to say about, like, your own personal reaction? Oh, no. Just then also, like, the... Just, like, in terms of, like, overall reactions, I would say my final one was just to the last... The bit at the end when he, uh, like, multiple texts her, um, all these crazy person things. Yeah. Um, we've all also received that. Hopefully we've never done that to anyone, because it's, like... I've been lucky. Great. I have never gotten that, but um, like I definitely know people that have, and I definitely yeah. have met guys that would be this person. Yeah, it's uh. sort of, um, and this is one thing that's like missing from <laughs> from this uh, short story. But it's it's a somewhat in my mind equivalent to uh, receiving a dick pic, where it's just <laughs> unwanted and unnecessary, and like 
You're, it's just never a great idea to serial text somebody when they're not yeah. responding to you. No. Like, if you've sent two, three messages max and they haven't sent anything back, you stop texting. Yeah, like, like, as soon as your blue texts or green yeah. texts or whatever fill up at least half the screen of your phone, you're just done. abort mission. You're done. No, I actually... Just uh, assume that they only want one text message, just like you should assume no one wants to see a photo of your dick. No. <laughs> Not here for that at all. No one is. Um, no, I'm glad you brought up the last exchange because I also think it does a really good job of just like peeling back to the various layers of like we yeah. all try to cultivate like the best version of ourselves like when we're dating mm -hmm. and it very quickly goes through all these layers. In fact, like the very first text starts with, hold on, I want to go to it because it's just like. Yeah, he goes from like 30 so, to 100. Yeah, it's it's pretty well done. Oh my god, I forgot how long this article is. Okay, um, <laughs> it starts with. Um, Hi, Margo. I saw you out at the bar tonight. I know you said not to text you, but I just wanted to say you look really pretty. I hope you're doing well. And then it's, I know I shouldn't say this, but I really miss you. And then, hey, maybe I don't have the right to ask, but I w just wish you would tell me what it was I did wrong. So it's like very slowly like, oh no, I'm the good guy that's just yeah. like seeing how you're doing. And then it's like, you just owe me this one little thing of telling right. me what I did wrong. And then from there, it really goes off, off the rails and like very quickly it escalates to the like, is that guy your boyfriend or is he just a guy that you're fucking sorry and then going back to that and then being like <laughs> sorry sorry are you fucking that guy right now are you are you are you answer me whore so it's just like all those layers just like peeling back and once again when a guy shows you or when anyone shows you who they are believe them like because yeah. you saw shades and glimmers of this throughout the whole article yeah Right from that first interchange where he was like, good to see that you learned how to be polite to customers. <laughs> you knew it was going to happen like not that. Great. Not great. No. Um, so um, I guess maybe we can segue into talking about uh, people's reactions. Um, so obviously it's not every day that people are actively talking about and sharing a story from the New Yorker on social media. Um, so I think it's interesting. It obviously has to be compelling and discussion-worthy just because we're discussing it and we're talking about it. I think yeah. that's rare nowadays. Um, but, yeah, definitely had mixed reviews. People had mixed feelings. I feel like some people really strongly identified with it. Some people were like, what the fuck? Like, some people... Uh, I feel like there was a lot of discussion of over, like, who's the real villain and who's the victim, right? Mm. Is, you know, I, like, I feel like as a woman, I was like, obviously, Margot <laughs> is the victim and Richard the cat guy is the villain. <laughs> um, but I, I think there were some readers that felt the opposite. Um, there was a lot of interesting, one thing we haven't talked about yet is she does kind of habitually mention uh, what he looks like. So he's, Oh, there's like some like fat shaming. Yeah, there's some people who really strongly feel like the author was fat shaming the guy because it kept being, it was peppered in throughout. It talks about how he has like a beer belly and he's yeah. not sort of conventionally attractive, but she it, she is attracted in a way to like how tall he is and sort of yeah something about him at least um well as i said like one thing that i liked about the article is that Margot isn't like this perfect person like she's flawed right. she has her issues right well and i i think um 
one interesting thing I read in an article discussing a short story was like it's so rare in any form of media like literature or movies or TV that we get to see a, a girl who decides that she doesn't she's had sex with someone but she's no longer interested so she's going to move on yeah that we get to see that person like make that decision and not like not have it be this overly emotional yeah. like although she does go back and forth on it but like men get to do that all the time like yeah, men totally. in, men in fiction get to decide all the time that like they've had sex with someone and now they're over it and they're not in any way there's like no slut shaming they don't get called a whore they don't get you know like there's not this huge discussion over it, even like there was with this article or yeah. this short story so like it is an interesting point that like this is just an average girl that had this interaction decided that she wasn't into it and even the fact that we're still like debating whether or not she's a bitch because of it is like yeah no very much missing that, like, the point <laughs> yeah and like it's proof though that like women have to put up with so much more of that than men do because yeah. if she was a dude people would just be like oh well she's not in he's not into it anymore so get over yourself like, no totally totally yeah. and like i mean it's never okay to call anyone like a whore but like especially like someone that you've had sex with it's right. like no this is something that like in this case, like, she chose to do, regretted, but, like, she did choose to do it, and you were lucky enough that she made that choice. Right. And you can't now shame her for that choice that you were glad that she made. Right. Like, what kind of fucking idiot are you? I just don't <laughs> fully understand any of it. But, um, no, I, I definitely don't understand, like, him as a victim. I get that, like, he was in a shitty situation and it's never fun to be the person that's like, doesn't understand what happened. But I think the moment that you try to tear someone else down because you feel low, um, you're no longer, you kind of forfeit your right to, like, any candidacy of victimhood. Yeah. So we've been, like, looking at other people's reactions and I think in, in particular... Obviously, I'm, like, mostly interested in, like, other women's reaction and the fact that other women also, like, really identified. Yeah. I think that was across the board true. Like, most women were like, yeah, like, yeah. <laughs> maybe you see a little bit, you know, you've been a, a little bit of a Richard where, like, something went wrong in a relationship and you didn't really know why or what you, you know, you were like, did I do something wrong? Yeah. Um, you know, I think women have definitely had that, but I think in overwhelmingly women have also been in Margot's position where like you decided you weren't into it anymore yeah. and like you had to have this huge internal debate about like whether you owed the other person something you know yeah. but definitely like men's reactions are more of a mixed bag yeah but like so I saw this um, there's like a whole Twitter um, account apparently um, I can't remember specifically what it's called, but it's like reactions something like men's cat. reactions to cat person or go. something like that. And um, so this one um, I thought was too good not to be shared. We're not going to give this person credit because they don't deserve it. Um, <laughs> but they wrote, cat person, summary, judgmental, egotistical girl hooks up with guy that she finds physically unattractive. They have sex before... They have established any emotional connection. Unsurprisingly, the loveless act is sad and depressing. Cats equal red herrings. Um, so, yeah. It's just such an oversimplified... Like, to call her egotistical or self-centered, like, 
you're missing the subtlety there. <laughs> like, you're intentionally choosing to miss the subtlety of the situation, and you're choosing to, like, distill it down to, like, oh, you claim you found this person unattractive and you didn't like them, but you chose to have sex with them anyways, and now you're complaining about it, and that's really truthfully not what's depicted in the story. Yeah. Like, it's not that she finds him unattractive. There are some things about him that she finds really attractive. There are some things that she finds unattractive, but she wouldn't have ended up in this situation if she just found him unattractive. Yeah. Um, and, like, you know, to say, like, that they didn't have an emotional connection before they chose to have sex. Like, one, not all sex has to start with an emotional relationship. That's mm -hmm. an unfair, like claim to make that like well that's why this went bad like two uh, consenting adults can have sex without an emotional connection that's not necessarily required but like yeah you're putting that on her like you're a dumbass for thinking that you could um but also just so, like <laughs> it's just so, like it's just so such the easy way out to like not even consider like the man's role in this at all or like how you know <laughs> well and it's not dissimilar from like the narrative that richard would probably tell to his friends at a bar right. minus the like oh she wasn't attracted to me but everything yeah. else is like oh yeah i went out with this like totally immature egotistical bitch yeah like you know like she was totally into it until she wasn't you know like it's not it reminds me of that great thing in um parks and rec where um, Tom Haverford breaks up with someone and he's like, oh, it's easy when you're the guy because you can just be like, yeah, she was crazy. <laughs> like, yeah. Yeah. You know, like, that's, it's so true. Like, it's easy to just play it off. Like, it was totally her fault. Yeah. And not that she doesn't have some responsibility or that she couldn't have made, like, different decisions that yeah. wouldn't have landed her in the spot she was in. Mm -hmm. But I don't think that she's solely responsible. Totally. For what happened and to play it off like she is is like greatly underestimating like social norms and how we interact with and it, you're like intentionally choosing to misunderstand how we interact with each other as human beings <laughs> another guy that i felt like kind of missed the point was like uh this journalist who who was talking about it from like a literary merit standpoint and he was like i really enjoyed most of the article but then the ending was just so, what was it, did he say? It was like so ordinary and- So didactic. So didactic. And I, I just really, you know, it needs to have a twist to be like more compelling literature and I don't understand why I don't it's resonated with so many people. Because he's never received those serial text messages that are creepy like no. that. And like, but I, this is a case of someone like blatantly missing the point. The reason that this is powerful is not because it's some twist thing that we Right, it's not coming. a murder mystery. No, <laughs> or like this one fluke instance where, you know, he was yeah. really a ghost the whole time. <laughs> the reason that this shit is compelling is because a lot of girls knew it was headed that way. Right. We weren't surprised. And because this happens all the fucking time and doesn't get talked about enough. I think we are moving into a movement where it's talked about more. But, like, the fact that this story that does Wait. feel like something that a lot of girls has, have experienced is getting a spotlight it, is in itself revolutionary. Yeah. I read, like, in an article someone say, like, it, it encapsulates what it's like to be a 20-something dating in this in this decade like yeah. and that's so accurate it's just like you know the, like the me too movement but in a different way like i feel like a lot of women read it and were like yep been there like it, yeah. <laughs> it really like hit home and i can understand why perhaps as a man as like a you know like 
heterosexual cisgendered man, you would be like, I yeah. don't get it. It felt so boring. Uh, but also reading this as an academic. <laughs> right. Like, and yeah, I think there's like, that was an, also an interesting, um, I feel like I saw some pieces really kind of critiquing it as a piece of writing um, and people who were like, oh, well, it's easy for you to be excited about it because, like, you haven't read a short story in, like, eight years or... (laughs) Yeah, like, I think that that's really an unfair criticism. Uh, I I think, you know, I think you can't... I think you can't fault an author and fault a work for, like based on the idea of, like, whether or not its audience is, like, well-read enough. Yeah. <laughs> I also think, at the end of the day, one of the core tenets of does it have literary merit has to be, does it make someone feel? And the answer to this is, like, yeah. a resounding yes. And does it make people, people think? think? Yeah. And do people want to talk about it? And the answer to all of those things is yes. yes. So then <laughs> it's art, it's literature, and it doesn't fucking matter if... I mean, it just reminds me, though, of, like, every... It's... The way that culture in general tries to dismiss things that are mainly about women, yeah. right? Like, who are you as some random 30-something-year-old white guy to decide what's good and what's not? And who are you to decide what resonates with people, what's art, and what isn't art? Totally. Just because, like, there might have been some people that read it and were like, this is crappy, I don't identify with this, Yeah. this means nothing to me. There were a lot of people who read it and were like, holy shit, this has happened to me. I saw one person that was like, this just felt like some girl's personal journal typed up and that's not what literature is. And you're like, actually, kind of fucking... Have you read fucking On the Road? Yeah. Because all that is is some guy that's, like, high on acid or something. Diary of Anne Frank. Fucking... Diary of Anne Frank is a literal diary. Like, that's what literature is, is people sharing their experiences and... Well, and it's, like, it's the written wor- word and not having to put it into a box. Right. Like, you you don't get to decide, like, you know, like, fucking Jane Austen was, like, dismissed in her time because she was a woman. Like, yeah. I'm sure there were people who thought Shakespeare was too body and stupid and it was for the common person. But, yeah. like, here we are 500 years later shitting ourselves about how great he was. So, like... <laughs> You know, like, it's all relative, and yeah. uh, I just thought that that, that was, yeah, yeah, a really dismissive attitude to have. Yeah. But. For all that, I will say there are some reactions from guys that are somewhat encouraging, where yeah. it's like, this made me think, and this made me, like, reflect on my past experiences, and this made me somewhat uncomfortable. Um, and every once in a while, it'll be one that will start like that and then kind of hedge it. But yeah. still, I, there, for every one of those, there is one person that's like, I think I may have been Richard or I hope I wasn't Richard. And yeah. just like having those conversations is why, and like those internal monologues is why a piece like this is so important. Yeah. Um, and I mean, if even one dude is like, oh shit, have I ever been the yeah. Richard? Like, can I change that behavior? Am I a cat person? Am I a cat person? Um... Then, I mean, both, like, in reference to the story, just in general, maybe if you're a cat person, you just, <laughs> like, think about your life a little bit. But, I don't know. Yeah, uh, well, and I think that's valid. If, like, at least one... Yeah. One male... Yeah. Heterosexual... Shout yeah. <laughs> Shout out, by the way, to the random person that I saw on Bubble, Bumble that had a profile that said, totally sure I'm not cat person. Okay, reasonably sure. <laughs> Amazing. <laughs> Amazing. Props to you. Mad respect to that, bro. <laughs> and that's an immediate swipe right. Do you swipe right or left or if you like them? 
Uh, right, if you like them, I think. I, I always, like, uh, so, I live in Maine, which <laughs> the dating pool is not wide here, and, like, every time on Bumble when I come across someone I know, I panic, and I have to stop bumbling for, like, six months, because I forget if I'm supposed to swipe right or left, and I get nervous, I'm gonna do the wrong one. <laughs> <laughs> I've been in that moment, too, where I'll just, like, throw the phone like, down. Ah, don't do it! Um, so, let's just, uh, to kind of maybe wrap things up, we can talk about, um... The consent. Yeah, and just, like, a kind of a few, I guess, like, key, like, culturally relevant things that it brought up. Um, so we've refer- been referencing the Me Too movement, I guess, assuming that people, most people know what that is. But if you didn't, um, it's like a hashtag. It's it's this movement that was actually started by a woman who, I'm so sorry, I don't know what her name is. That's bad. Um, we can look it up. Um, we'll give her a shout out later in the notes. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, but about 10 years ago, and it's just a way of trying to... Um, encourage women to feel more comfortable sharing their stories of sexual harassment, sexual assaults, um, you know, just kind of the idea that it it's happens to a lot of women, unfortunately, yeah. and some men. And the idea, and, too, that we don't talk about it. Yeah, and you're not alone, and it's not something that you have to be ashamed of or that you have to hide, but that in sharing the stories, like, we can help each other feel yeah. better and um, work work through it um and i think it's been really cool to see people start to share those stories more and more and start to think about what that means and um i think this this short story is a part of that conversation because while Margot, the main character isn't sexually assaulted and she, you know she's not raped um by any means it definitely plays with those ideas of like what it means to consent um, to something in a in a sexual uh, way, um, and also what's worthy of a conversation. Like, right? I don't think there's any woman who doesn't have a story of a time when you are at the very least like somewhat harassed. And oh, I think totally. a lot of women's response to the Me Too movement was to be like, "Oh, well, like I've never experienced anything that bad," um, and to kind of dismiss your own totally interactions. Um, and this story kind of brings those to the forefront. Forefront, like not everything is this, it's these subtle everyday, um, you know, like micro yeah. interactions. It's walking, and it's learned behaviors too. Like yeah. like walking down a dark street with your keys clutch, like yeah. clutched in your fist because like that's the only thing you have that could put on no, possibly. No, responding to people when they cat call you. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Having to just grit your teeth and roll your eyes at work when a creepy old man compliments you. Like, yeah. you know, things Smiling like that. Smiling to get it over with and then hating yourself a little bit yeah. because you smiled. Like, And I think um, another thing uh, that people were definitely discussing after this article is the difference between consent and um, enthusiastic consent and, and then also ongoing consent. So, uh, you know, just because you initially say yes to something, how far does that yes go? Like, yeah. if, you know, like if you're kissing someone and you've said yes to that, does that mean that you've consented to go further with them? You know, and obviously, like, people joke about that. Like, what do I have to ask at every step if stuff is okay? But, like, you should also kind of know if it's you shouldn't be in a scenario where it's a question right and like enthusiastic consent would mean like it was very apparent from like 
conversation and body language and the way that the other person is interacting with you that at every step of the way that you are both enthusiastically excited about the interaction like that that's the ideal scenario and obviously in cat person Margot has this internal like internally she does not want to be there she no longer is giving consent she's thinking of like how how is it acceptable for me to say I'm not into this anymore sorry I'm going to leave or does that make her a bitch does that mean that she led him on Mm -hmm. or misled him in some way does she owe him you know something because she's taken it this far and she's expressed interest and she's consented to at least the beginnings of a sexual encounter so does she have to take it all the way yeah. um which if you if for anyone out there that's listening you do, most definitely do not if there's anything well, that i wish 20 year old girls take away from cat person it's that you are most certainly entitled at any point in any interaction to announce that you're no longer into it and you're done there you don't have to feel like a bitch there's nothing wrong with you no and honestly the silver lining of something like that is you really get to see someone's true colors right someone that's like genuinely nice is gonna be like oh i'm so sorry like are you okay did i like i'm so sorry but just being like i get it you know like or like oh we don't have to you know like that's like that's how you learn who the truly good guys are right exactly um and if he's a dick about it, then good thing you had the right instinct. You, you dodged that bullet. Good thing you got out when you did. Um, but, you know, so you just don't ever feel like you have to continue doing something yeah. that's making you uncomfortable. So there's consent kind of in the moment. And there's also, we started to touch about onto this, but didn't, like, the idea of, like, ongoing consent in a relationship or yeah. consent to be in a relationship as yeah. well. Um, and I think one thing that we didn't touch on was uh, there's a ghosting element to this whole thing that also felt very real to me. I'm just fully laying down, sorry, before we talk about ghosting. (laughs) Um, So let's explain to people what ghosting is. So ghosting is when you've been talking to someone, like, specifically in sort of, I guess, like a romantic, like, relationship-y context, and then one party decides to just stop talking to stop responding via text message, email, whatever, in any kind of form to the other person. Um, You call it ghosting because it's like you're just gone. Yeah. (laughs) Um, Peace. And that's something that Margot considers doing to Richard. Like, what if if I just never text him again, never answer him back? Um, And there's actually a line where she says, like, she feels like because they've had sex, she owes him Mm. at least an explanation of why she doesn't want to see him again. And I think that that's interesting because, like, just because you have sex with someone one time, what... What do you owe them? Do you or, owe them anything? Yeah, like, or just because you've gone on a date one time. Like, right. just because you kissed one time. Like, there are various right. things. And, like, our, I, you know, I guess I don't know what your thoughts are. Like, I don't know, it's quite about, like, <laughs> like, I don't know if you have <laughs> ghosted someone. I, I definitely ghosted someone. I think I had, like, once I think I inadvertently did. Didn't you have a mutual ghosting? I once? had one that I was hoping was going to be a mutual ghosting. And then, because <laughs> it went, like, a week, and then he texted, and I was like, damn oh. it, I thought we were on the same page. Um, here's the thing. I hate dating. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I really hate dating. I need never really find myself in serious relationships and so i have always ended those dating exchanges via text 
I've never once yeah. had the in-person, let's not see each other anymore. <laughs> and I think part of it is probably cowardly, but also I just don't understand why I should do that. Like, I can't imagine that it's actually that helpful. It feels more misleading to be like, can we meet in person? And then they get all the way there and you hang out and you're like, yo, it's over. Yeah. Because then you have to see them again. Yeah. It's like the whole point is that you don't want to see them Or do you again. see them? Yeah, exactly. Or do you see them at the, and just tell them right at the beginning of the date, like before anyone grabs food, like even just the logistics of it, I can never really wrap my head around. And um, yeah. it makes me think a lot actually of Taylor Swift. It's Taylor Swift and yes. Joe Jonas. Taylor Swift, like, very famously, like, tarred and feathered uh, Joe Jonas by talking about how he broke up with her on a 27-second phone call. And at the time, I was like, yeah, how oh, my God, he? how dare he? How long do you want it to be, girl? Like, yeah, exactly. As I've aged, I've been like, well, like, do you want this to be an intense conversation? <laughs> Right. I kind of, if someone's I mean, like, like I don't want to see you. I their relationship was anything more than a PR stunt to yeah. begin with. But, yeah. like, why, why, like, what did you want, want from that? Like, a long, <laughs> long conversation? So, yeah, I always feel bad ending it over text, but I do, <laughs> I do try to text. And I think the one time I ghosted someone, it was, like, unintentional, where it was, like, I didn't know what to say. And then an awkward amount of time went by, and they didn't text me back. Yeah. And I was, like, okay, I guess I'm in the clear. I just think... If, I guess, I mean, I get why you don't want to go someone. It feels rude. It feels unkind. But those final text messages that he sends to Margot where he's like, I just, just want you to, uh, you know, maybe it's not fair of me to ask this, but I just want you to tell me what I did wrong. Like... That feels uncomfortable to me. I would, I would not respond to that. Text. I just feel like you don't necessarily... Like, at what point do you owe someone an explanation or you owe them, like, I don't know. I guess I just feel like you probably have to have, like, a lot longer of a relationship and a lot more emotional of a relationship than what they had, like... Well, and it's also a perfect example of, like, there's no answer that he wants to hear. You're right. Like, like, she's already texted, like, her friend took her phone from her and texted him, like, I don't want you to contact me yeah. anymore. And that's, like that's probably at most what he deserves, right? Like he like he got an answer. He knows she's not into it anymore. Yeah. Don't talk to her anymore. Like you 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 weren't in some like eight year relationship that deserves like talking over the issues and the ways you've hurt each other, but like how like what it meant to both of you. Like you had sex one time, you've gone on a few dates, like you like he you don't owe him any more than that. Like yeah. and you don't owe other people I guess, you know, like, to some extent, I just feel like you don't necessarily owe people an explanation of your thoughts and your feelings, in particular if it makes you uncomfortable to share that. Absolutely. And so, like, my own personal rule is, yes, I feel better about the situation when I text them and say, it was nice meeting you, but... I, I'm not interested in pursuing this further. Yeah. That said, like, that's an, my own decision. I don't think you're a bad person if you ghost. I think there are certain yeah. situations where ghosting makes more sense. As I told you, I was in a situation <laughs> where I was kind of jazzed when I thought we might be mutually <laughs> ghosting with each other. But I also avoid <laughs> awkward I, situations I like the plague. I jazzed. I was jazzed. <laughs> I mean, what can I say? I was. Um, yeah, but I mean, yeah, I guess I just think 
if if it's been that kind of short of a you know like how much do you really owe someone that you've had sex with one time yeah probably not that much (laughs) and actually in terms of owing like you've already given them something right 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 exactly like she told you she wasn't into it accept it move on with your life yeah uh yeah but, but i mean but again that's like him thinking that he deserves for his thoughts and feelings to be the primary uh <laughs> oh my god that's like the a primary you talk about of... the kiss on the forehead is your major red flag my major red flag is any time that she has to be his emotional caretaker i'm like <laughs> no the kiss on the forehead. That was so creepy. <laughs> i mean it was not ideal it was not ideal um um do we want to end by talking about the title yeah so you interestingly said that you didn't really get the title or is that accurate Kind of. I mean, I have, like, some thoughts. It's, like, because cat person, I don't know. It feels like, well, you dislike cats. <laughs> so maybe you have different thoughts than than I do. I guess, yeah. like, the one thing I like about it, or the one, no, maybe it's not that I like about it. The one thing where I was, like, maybe this makes sense is, like, when you think about Margot, like, a month from now or a year from now, talking, telling this story to someone, I feel like this is, like, the nickname you might give that person yeah it would be like cat man or cat person you know like, yeah it's like the way you would refer to him to other people exactly right i don't know but other than that like when i first read it i was like this is not what i was expecting i, I think it's great because it's like it's also we somehow have gotten this far but have not mentioned that she's 20 and he's 34 <laughs> um he's 34 and he lives by himself with two cats which <laughs> They also had, like, an elaborate joke about his cats. Yeah, they had, like, a whole texting, like, ongoing inside joke about the cats. Um, Which is not to say, like, if you are a single male (laughs) who's 34 living by himself with two cats, I am not trying to throw any shade. But what I am trying to say is, like, at least for me, it does evoke a certain level of creepiness that, like, is, like, red flag to the maximum. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, like, I think it's, it's a somewhat of a good... It's interesting that it's not cat man or, like, cat male, but cat person. Because, in a way, I also start, sort of saw it as an inversion of, like, we talk a lot about crazy cat ladies. Yeah. Like, like some single spinster hag that, like, couldn't get a man, so she lives with all these cats. Yeah. Like... That are filling that void, and, like, this was, like, a man that's, like, an old spinster doing the same thing. Well, no, I I was thinking that, too, actually, as you started to talk. And the other thing that's nice about it not being gendered is, like, it does kind of imply, like, yes, this is a situation that, like, nine times out of ten, it's probably going to be a a girl who's Margot and a guy who's Richard. But there are probably other situations where there could be a female cat person. Yeah, and I also think, like... You, it's always a red flag when someone is like, when you know, like, oh, I'm not a people person, you know, like, like they're not good at oh, interacting I hadn't with others. Thought about you know, it that like, way. He's like, not, he's not good with people, but he's a cat, cat person. person. <laughs> Just like says a lot about his social skills <gasps> and his ability to interact with other adults. So. um I thought that, yeah, I don't know. I just think it's a funny, like, and it's a memorable, like, and it in no way alerts you to like what's gonna happen in the story that's true Which, like it could go either way yeah yeah anyway lots of thoughts i'm actually <laughs> impressed that we made it through this whole thing without talking about some of 
our like bad dating experiences. <laughs> oh, that's a whole nother podcast. That's a whole nother podcast. <laughs> Join us for our podcast called Allison Kelly Fail at Dating. <laughs> that's the rebrand. Oh my god, that is the rebrand. <laughs> I'm so glad. I feel like we should end it there. Um, thank you guys for listening as always. And um, we yeah. promise that we're gonna be like this is the second season. This is the second season. We are doing it. A whole new Allison Kelly. We yeah. are basically the same. Yes. So but this time in a fort. Subs- <laughs> yes. Subscribe. Follow us on Instagram. Uh yep, that's it. Thanks. Thanks Bye. guys. Bye. Hi guys, two quick notes. Um, One, throughout the episode, we refer to the titular cat person as Richard. Uh, His name is actually Robert in the short story. Um, Secondly, and most importantly, the founder of the Me Too movement is Tarana Burke. Thank you guys for listening. Bye.